You're listening to My Friend's Place on WGOTLP Gainesville.
she said, Tate, but now your father's home. Turn off the TV, wash your hands, it's supper time. Everybody says they didn't see it coming. It was more like hissing slee stacks moving slowly, slithering with confidence. Come sing with me. Search, you never wanted this. Come drop with me into the mall. Be great, don't eat a bit. Don't be silly now. You know you've always wanted this.
from a new Dungeons & Dragons movie that's coming out here in a week. That is new music from uh, Tame Impala, Wings of Time. And I'm going to thank you for listening to my friend's place. Let's check out what you heard in that warm-up mix this week here on the show. Leading things off, you had technology and teamwork. You saw something in me. After that, it was The Van Pelt with Grid. Uh, then you heard Creep Show with Yawning Abyss. After that, Australian artist Hatchie has a new one. That song title is Rooftops, featuring uh, Liam Benzi. Uh, then you heard Bar Itali with Nurse, and that catches you up to everything you heard in the warm-up mix portion of My Friend's Place. Now, last week took a rare week off for both My Friend's Place and Cramble Mix Show. Uh, took some time to enjoy the beautiful spring weather uh, we're having here locally and a chance to kind of recharge my batteries a bit. So what that means for you, uh, the listener of the show this week, is that I have a ton of new music releases, two weeks worth to be exact. Uh, so we're going to be doing a music-heavy edition of My Friend's Place. But in between all the new music, got a couple of things to review um some stuff that i really enjoyed on the old television that want to recommend to you and first up is the last of us now i mentioned this a few weeks ago um, when it first started its eight week run um talked a little bit about the first two episodes but now the whole thing is done so uh let's talk about the last of us which is based off a hugely popular video game, and under normal circumstances, that for me would be a bad omen. Why, you might ask? Well, let's just say that video game movies, um, how can I phrase this appropriately? Video game movies suck. Like, they've sucked forever. Have you ever seen a Mortal Kombat movie, or Mario Brothers, Tomb Raider, any of the Resident Evil movies? Well, yeah. Obviously, there are a buttload of bad movie adaptations of video games. Um, And don't even get me started about bad video game adaptations of movies, because that's a whole other topic for a different thing. Um, So Last of Us has that working against it. Another thing that had it working against it, at least for me, is that yet we have another post-apocalyptic zombie survival like action adventure show slash movie whatever you want to classify it um and after 35 years seems like 35 years anyway of walking dead episodes are there really any untold stories left in the genre um is there a genre in the world today that feels uh less completely um dead see what i did there with the word dead um Well, the answer for Last of Us is um, both a little bit of yes and a little bit of a no. So let's start out with the weaknesses and the fact um, that The Last of Us um, feels sometimes, uh, the story and the plot, it feels too much uh, like familiar, familiar territory, things we've seen before. And there really is no way around it, because Last of Us is yet another example um, of a TV show or movie where it turns out, spoiler alert, the humans who are in the world, they turn out to be way worse than the actual monsters, which is a trope, like I said, we've seen repeated over and over in movies and TV for the past couple of decades. Uh, uh, Another criticism would be that the structure for The Last of Us uh, watching it, it sometimes feels too much like you're playing a video game where you just have this these series of missions 
kind of tied and cobbled together with video game cutscenes. And I know for The Last of Us, they've actually, like, directly, frame for frame, included some of the cutscenes into the television show. So those two things are kind of both uh, working against it, at least for uh, the way that I like to watch TV shows. But here's the other side. There are a lot of things on the positive side of The Last of Us Ledger. And first and foremost is that, you know, The Last of Us is an HBO show, which means a lot, uh, because along with A24 and films, uh, no one curates and produces, like, original shows better than HBO, and HBO shows often feel, like, feel a lot closer quality-wise um, to things that you would watch, like, in the movie theater, to films, uh, than, like, what you would see on NBC or ABC and commercial TV shows. And that actually, the fact that it's an HBO show, connects to my favorite thing about the show and what really elevated The Last of Us above all the other uh, more recent zombie post-apocalyptic uh, adventure action shows. And that is lead actors. And lead actors were already a part of the HBO family um, as they both had short but memorable roles on Game of Thrones. Uh, so it made total sense that when HBO was casting uh, for The Last of Us, that they would uh, want them for these huge starring roles. So that HBO connection right there, I probably helped them get the two lead actors. And I'm speaking of Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal. And they, without a doubt, no question, uh, no arguments, they are the strength of the show. And they have amazing chemistry. And for me, it would be the number one reason to watch The Last of Us. And their relationship actually gets better as the show goes on from episode 1 to episode 8. Um, and it's really something interesting to watch. Uh, Pedro Pascal kind of plays like the dad figure uh, whose name is Joel on the show. And he's basically, for better or for worse, um, he's kind of a mercenary. And he's tasked with transporting Ellie, uh, the girl played by Pedro Pascal, who's a teenager. His job is to transport her across country because her blood may or may not contain, like, the antibodies uh, needed to fight off the fungal zombie infection. Which leads me to another thing I really like about the show, and that is the actual mushroom zombie monsters. Now, when I first saw them, like, on the trailers and the, the stills and uh, the pictures uh, coming out from the show, I kind of thought that they looked pretty dumb. Um, but actually, having now seen the show... And how they use them and uh, like the creature design uh, it is like a really interesting kind of take on zombies and you know, like really interesting creature design I also like the fact that they are way more dangerous uh, than the Walking Dead zombies which are kind of easy to kill and like an afterthought for the show um, the last of us fungus zombies are fast and way harder to kill especially like one-on-one -on -one. another thing I really liked about the show is that um, for once, this show, there are only like two characters to follow and keep up with, um, which is opposed to a lot of other more modern shows. And another thing that they did that's not really modern, it's kind of like a throwback to 80s television, is that each single episode a week is kind of like a new standalone adventure. And um, you don't really have to pay close attention to five different subplots and ten different side characters. It's just kind of each week is its own like little thing uh, which means that you know it's easy to follow what's happening on the show 
and I don't actually have to sit with my, my Wikipedia page for the show open trying to figure out who characters are or what's going on. So um, in that way, I'd say The Last of Us, even though it's an HBO show, it's an action show, and that's really great. It's kind of like the anti-Game uh, of Thrones, or now I would say the anti-House of Dragons, because you don't have a bunch of different things happening at once to keep up with. Each thing is kind of its own separate event. Um, just tied together by this uh, plot thread to get Ellie out, get her blood tested. So when I first talked about it, it was being released one episode at a week. But now all eight episodes are out uh, of Last of Us. And you can watch them on HBO. Uh, and now that the season finale aired like two or three weeks ago. Oh, and it is a great season finale too. I won't give any spoilers away on that one. But man... Uh, what a great way to end season one. Um, but anyway, earlier when I first talked about the show a couple weeks ago, played one of the songs off of its soundtrack, uh, Depeche Mode, Never Let Me Down. I don't have a new song um, off the soundtrack from The Last of Us to play this week, but I do have a new song from Depeche Mode. Uh, this is the second song coming off their uh, forthcoming album, which they are going to do a major world tour. Uh, this is Depeche Mode, My Cosmos Is Mine, here on My Friend's Place.
She 
That's the music from Nation of Language. Sounds like they were really channeling some uh, 1980s John Hughes uh, synth band music from the soundtracks. Uh, but anyway, the song title is Soul Obsession. Before that, on My Friend's Place, new music from Depeche Mode, My Cosmos is Mine. Then it was Temple's Afterlife. Uh, then you heard one from uh, Fellman called Cherish. Then it was Dinner Party, uh, Insane, featuring uh, Aunt Clemens. After that, it was Phaser Days, Flood Into. Then you got Deary with Fairground, the St. Etienne remix. Uh, pretty cool remix of that song. And there you go. That's what you've just heard in the last half hour of so uninterrupted commercial-free music here on WGOT. Before we get into our next music block, and that's we're trying to get a ton of new music played this week, want to do another show that I highly recommend for the uh, listeners to watch. Now, in the segment one, talked about The Last of Us, and that's like a really well-known show, so probably not going to uh, change anybody's mind one way or another on that. But one that's kind of slid a little bit through the cracks, a little bit, um, is The New History of the World Part Two. So, after 40 years, and we finally got a New History of the World uh, Part Two. Instead of a movie, this is a eight-episode, 30-minute piece um, season. And amazingly for the season, Mel Brooks is still alive to record uh, the narrations of the show. And it has a really funny CGI appearance. So uh, that alone might make worth uh, History of the World Part 2 worth watching just because, you know, Mel Brooks is still alive, still a part of it. Um, but I think most of the writing for this one comes from the... Uh, Comedy heavyweight trio of Nick Kroll teaming up with Wanda uh, Sykes and Ike Barinholtz, and they did, I believe, pretty much all the writing for the sketches. And I'm pleased to say they do mostly a good job, especially anything that Nick Kroll's associated with. Um, in particular, there are multiple different sketches and funny takes on the whole uh, Jesus Christ story. And pop culture references are mostly targeted towards 40s plus. Um, something that's probably a good thing for me, as I, I know all the pop culture references like Jackass, Ridiculousness, um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Punked, The Bachelor, and even uh, The Fiddler on the Roof movie. I haven't seen it because I don't like... Um, don't really like musicals, but I did at least get the reference that they're trying to do in History of the World Part 2, because all of those things are featured. And some of the sketches on the show are just really short, these like one takes, um, but others are carried over from episode to episode with varying uh, degrees of success. Um, some of them that kind of are from episode 1 to episode 8 are uh, Wanda Sykes as a Shirley Chisholm. Um, take basically making fun of 70s, 80s, and I guess 90s a little bit sitcom like family spoof there. And then uh, Ike Barinholtz has a take from episode one to the end on uh, the Civil War and Ulysses S. Grant in particular. Now, some of the sketches are laugh out loud funny and perfect, and then with a lot of sketch comedy shows, you have some others. Eh, they're uh, not so much, but uh, like I said earlier, pretty much all the Jesus-related sketches are super funny, and I think, you know, if they wanted to, if they had cut it down uh, from a series, which is eight episodes, 30 minutes a piece, so four hours, if they took it and they edited it into a two-hour movie, 
that you would probably have like a pretty much a comedy masterpiece here because there's that much good material um, and I will say also another thing working for the show is that it is faithful to the original History of the World Part 1 movie and in general all the Mel Brooks uh, comedy releases uh, the one piece of advice the one recommendation I would give you is expectations especially if you're a big fan of the first movie taper them down just like one level like one notch down and I think that when you watch the uh, History of the World Part 2 series that you like it almost as much as the original as long as you go in with realistic expectations um, also I mean maybe you never seen the first movie I doubt it if you're listening to WGOT and the show in particular but um, maybe you've seen Drunk History on Comedy Central uh, and that is very similar to what you get here except I'd say like, like um, toned down a little better quality writing on History of the World Part 2, but uh, similar in theme and, and concept to that uh, Drunk History show. But anyway, um, let's get into more new releases. Now, there are lots of jokes, funny jokes actually, in History of the World Part 2. So, to tie the next block with that, we have new music from a very old band from the 80s going all the way back. It's Killing Joe, who have new music out, and this one's called Full Spectrum Dominance. Thank you for listening to My Friend's Place.
Taking all my time to rise and change It's filling up my lungs The pain, the price to pay to stick it out Punch me in the mouth I don't even know what you're on about You're blaring it so loud My eyes are glazed to think I'm going down
Alright, that's brand new music from uh, Beach Fossils, Don't Fade Away, and thank you so much for tuning into my friend's place today here on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, in that half hour of music, new music from classic band Killing Joke with full spectrum dominance. After that, you had uh, Flycatcher, that song title is Rust, and then it was Guardian Singles, Chad and Stacy. Uh, after that, you had Caliphone, the Habsburg Jaw. I then heard one from Panchico called Feld at Maths, the S being in parentheses. And there you go. That's everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. Uh, so this week, I've been focusing a lot on new music as well as things um, to review that I really liked on television. And I've done two of those already. Earlier in the show, talked a lot about The Last of Us, and probably by now, if you're going to watch The Last of Us, you probably have seen it, so I don't think I'm going to convert too many people. Um, the same thing with the second show, History of the World Part 2. I think you pretty much know if you're going to like that one or not, based on whether you like the first one. But this third uh, show that I'm going to review right now um, is a weird one, and probably one you haven't heard of or really don't know that very much about. And the show title is Swarm. And turns out this is going to be a really short review, not because I don't uh, dislike the show. I actually love the show, spoiler alert, um, but mainly because the less you know about the show, should you decide to dive in, uh, the more fun it'll be for you. And um, like I said, it's going to be a really short review. So let me give you the creative team, and they are the people from Atlanta, one of the best uh, television series on FX for the last five or six years. Great show, so it's got that creative team behind it, and I gotta say, Donald Glover, of course, is part of the, the Atlanta team, and everything he seems to touch turns to creative gold, so uh, that immediately kind of <laughs> raised expectations for the show Swarm. Um, this time, though, he's totally behind the scenes uh, on Atlanta, yet uh, part, I guess he'd be co-star, uh, not even really the main guy, I guess there wasn't a main guy in Atlanta, but anyway... This time he's not in front of the camera at all, and he works behind the scenes um, as the show um, Swarm actually stars actress uh, Dominique Fishback, um, who's a pretty great actress, and the quick synopsis of the show is that um, Dominique uh, Fishback plays Andrea, she's a fan who is obsessed, to put it mildly, with um, this Beyonce, I'll put that in air quotes, uh, like star that they created for the show. But uh, obviously, it's an analogy for uh, some of Beyonce's fans, uh, some of her extreme ones anyway. And like I said, I don't really want to give anything away with plot details, which probably makes for one of the worst like television reviews of all time, because I don't want to tell you anything. Um, but that's mainly because, you know, I think the show takes some really... Interesting uh, and fun twists and turns, and I'd hate to spoil any of those uh, for you. But what I can say with relative certainty, um, that's not spoilery, spoilery, um, that I will say Swarm will wind up in my top 10 shows of 2023 because it does an amazing job blending horror and comedy together. And um, I doubt, on top of that, Something I can also say with relative certainty, I will not probably see a better acting performance this year um, than what uh, Dominique Fishback was able to do in this show. And you will understand 
what I'm talking about. If you if you watch the entire series, you know, I put her up with Bella Ramsey. We talked about her earlier in the show, The Last of Us. Those two performances this year have been uh, pretty spectacular, and we're not very far into 2023. So, Dominique Fishback, Bella Ramsey, you both deserve whatever awards they give to uh, uh, actors, because you know they're all kind of fake art awards. Art awards, anyway. But anyway. So, getting back into The Swarm, I would say, it's like, I kind of mentioned this a second ago, um, it's half dark comedy, half horror, and that balance changes as the show uh, progresses from episode 1 to episode 8, and I'd say, like, the tone is really weird and kind of similar to uh, the HBO show Barry, which is a really weird show, too, uh, trying to blend, like, two really different genres into one. Um, heavy on the comedy for both of them, but also uh, heavy kind of on the weirdness and the realism as well. And everything about The Swarm is well done. The acting, writing, cinematography, art direction, music, any other categories you can name for film or television, they all are like movie quality level. And, you know, like History um, of the World Part 2, Swarm is only eight 30-minute episodes, so you can watch it pretty fast if you uh, so desire, and that is something I did that I rarely ever do, and that is binge-watching television, and I watched the whole uh, run of The Swarm, and I think probably two, like, two-hour chunks of time, so basically two movies, and I know for some, uh, fair warning, that the violence is going to be a little too much, Um, but... If you're looking for something really original and fun and super cool, uh, then check out Swarm, which is airing right now on Amazon. So now let's jump back into more new music and got a new one uh, from Royce and Murphy. And this is uh, Cool Cool here on My Friend's Place. I lost it. Let it 
Życia wina Tam za ubywszy
sky With none of the pain of living it Not afraid of heights, but I'm afraid of wits A riot in my thinking when your lips go to bite It's quiet in the kitchen but for the disco lights Your thoughts go in and find my inner ear The years of your life giving life to my years Two people on a carpet with light around the curtains Two people from a circus on a flying carpet You had your heart broken, but you're making it stick Taking apart everyone you dated since Riot in my thinking when your lips go to bite It's quiet in the kitchen, but for the disco light You just heard Fred again teaming up with the streets and Dermot Kennedy. That song is Mike, and you got the Desert Island uh, duvet mix of that one here on my friend's place on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, in that last half hour of music, you had a new one from Lloyds and Murphy, Cool Cool. Uh, then, new music from the legendary Susanna Hobbs, lead singer of, that's right, the Bangles. Uh, she's releasing new music. Uh, this is a cover of a Rolling Stones song that kind of got remixed into more of a disco tin song. But anyway, that's a long way to say Susanna Hoff's Under My Thumb remix. Uh, then you heard more new music from the new pornographers Pontius uh, Pilates Home Movies. After that, it was Robert Dale Naya, who you may recognize that name as part of Massive Attack. Um, he kind of did a cover remix of this uh, Ukrainian folk song uh, from the artist, artist named Obiyami. I'm sure I messed that one up. But anyway, if you go to Massive Attack's website uh, and search for uh, the Legacy of War mix, um, you can find that. And I think all like the, the proceeds going uh, for that are going to things like to support um, like the refugees in the Ukrainian war. But anyway, um, after that, you had uh, French, uh, Le Couleur, with uh, Sentiments Nouveau. And there you go. You're officially called up to everything you've heard this week on My Friend's Place. Quick reminder before I head out the door. Um, My Friend's Place and WGOT are available all over the place online. If you want more My Friend's Place, search for Cramola um, Radio Shows. If you want more WGOT, well, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. First, you can go to our website, WGOT.org. It's really easy to stream the radio station off of that website if you are so interested. Also, we're on uh, Facebook, so if you want to kind of keep up with the new things happening at the station, like our uh, WGOT Facebook page. And then finally, um, we are on Patreon. If you want to help out with a dollar or two a month, you can do that simply by going to WGOT uh, at Patreon and searching for that in yeah, throw us a, a dollar or two if you are so able to to help us keep it up and 
running. Um, anyway, now it's the time each and every week we reveal the closing track. Now, some weeks it's my favorite song. Some, some weeks it's just a song that got stuck in my head. Uh, some weeks there might be a personal reason. Um, I don't really have a good reason for this song this week other than to say it's really fun and I really love it. Um, it's Fever Ray, even it out, and I believe this is done in uh, tandem with uh, Atticus Ross and um, Trent Reznor. I think they work together as a production team on this one. But anyway, here is a fun new one. It's from Fever Ray, even it out. I'll be back same time, same channel next week. <laughs> 